Sports 56, WHBQ Memphis, and W253DF Memphis. Flynn Broadcasting Stations. From the Tigers' sideline, it's Tigers Talk with Memphis broadcasting legend Greg Gaston. Hear Greg weekday mornings on Sports 56 Mornings along with Eli Savoy from 7 to 10 right here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. On Twitter X at Greg underscore Gaston. Here's Greg with Bryant and Brett. Welcome back in to Sports Time. Bryant and Brett with you in our family leisure studios. And Johnny, just so you know, during that break, me and Brett flipped a coin to decide who we were going to pick for the Pacers and Bucks game. For Brett to put real hard-earned American cash While it was coming down, Brett yelled, which team is heads? And I yelled, Bucks. And then he uncovered Unveiled. his hand, and Bucks it was win. heads. So we're taking the Bucks minus Real five money got wagered so, on a coin ooh. toss. You know, hopefully the coin's right. Heads never f- – no, tails never fails. Yeah, that's what they normally say. Heads, heads is good. All right. Uh, well, but now we're going <laughs> to go talk. Bucks. Go Bucks. So just in case anybody's curious, we're on the Bucks right now. But Greg Gaston joins us every single Thursday to talk the Tigers, and he joins us now. Greg, thanks so much for joining hey, us. And uh, a big win for the Tigers last night on the road against VCU. Really needed uh, a lot from a, a lot of different guys to pull out that victory. Needed overtime to pull out that victory. What did you make of their performance last night? Well, first of all, good afternoon. Second of all, are you guys degenerates here? Are you yes. betting on the in-season Greg, time? Greg, yes. Seriously? game. I mean, Greg, I got to bet on it. <laughs> a- we need the action, Greg. That's right. Man, oh, man. What's that 800 like, number um, again? <laughs> it sounds like Fred Flintstone in the Flintstones. Brett will remember this when it was uh, bet, 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 yep. bet. He had a yep. bet on everything. <laughs> that's it. And that's what's happening, I guess. But, that's no, right. last Greg, night was – You can't uh, win if you don't play, Greg. That's right. That's, that, that's right. And that's true. Now, Never up to the plate. Now, everybody can be the prowess handicapper you are – to yeah. have the ex- exact score in the Super Bowl That's last right, year, Greg? That was lucky. That was that was the old <laughs> squirrel know. acorn thing. That was the squirrel acorn thing. No, I'm not good a good handicapper. <laughs> I got I got lucky there. But uh, last night, whew, man, it was uh, it, it was, was a win. Yeah, it was a win. That's the I'm a bottom line I guy. Am too. You guys know that. Uh, but man, that first half was. That's one you don't want to put in a time capsule mm-hmm. for the uh, aliens to see one day, no. or you know our future humans to see. Mm-hmm. That was some bad basketball all around in the first. Our half, president, the humans have to watch again. <laughs> <laughs> second half, they finally started to do some positive things. Although there are a number of issues that this team has to figure out, but down the stretch, the veteran players—it's mostly a team of veteran players. But they stepped up. Quinterly made some big shots. Caleb Mills made some big shots. Malco did some good things. They got it in the overtime. And, again, they had to feel pretty good playing far from their best game, not even close, and to get out of there and, and get that dub. That is not a great VCU team. We have seen a number of uh, good VCU teams over the years. It's not horrible, but it's not a great team. But it is a road win, and any time you're on the road, I know it's tough. Obviously, Memphis uh, felt that uh, when they went down to Oxford and lost to the Rebels. But to get a dub is important. That's the main thing. And now they get ready and try to uh, uh, to have a, getter, a better execution of the game plan Sunday against Texas A&M. Because if they play like that, they'll get blown out in College Station. Yeah, because Buzz Williams will have a well-coached team on the floor in College Station. And mm-hmm. and I, I, I told Dave Wolosian off there, he's not going to recognize College Station from... <laughs> 
<coughs> I'm sorry, from when he worked down there or earlier in his career. I mean, it is it has just really changed and, and so very nice now. But on Sunday, the Tigers, with that game against the Texas Aggies, if they win that one, I think the non-conference work is done. I mean, you, they're going to beat Vandy. They're going to beat Austin P. I think they'll split with the ACC teams. I, I, I don't think they'll sweep them, either winning or losing on Sunday. That that could almost complete the work because, Greg, is as circumspect as we've been about the Ole Miss loss in last night's game, good work has been done in the wins over Mizzou, Michigan, and Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't take away the, the positives from what they've done so far. And I understand what you're saying, and you're probably right, but I leave nothing for chance. Not not with a selection committee. No. Again, the last couple of weeks, not this past week, but two weeks in a row, we thought Memphis was a top 25 team, and the voters thought differently. Now it's a selection committee that will seed the teams, and, and we'll see how that turns out. But I leave nothing for chance. Memphis has to at least be a six seed. I, they can't be in that 7-10, that 8-9. It's just they've been there seemingly every year. And to be able to get to that seed, they're going to have to win that game on the road, and it won't be easy to beat Texas A&M. I, I believe what you say in the fact that if you can win a roadie against the top 25, this SEC opponent on Sunday, it will make up certainly, I think, for the Ole Miss loss in Oxford. But even a split with Virginia and Clemson, which Mm -hmm. is two formidable foes, Mm -hmm. Virginia, of course, playing a whole different style, that's good, but it's not great because it's it's a home loss. One of those two would be a home loss. You know, Austin Peay will obviously be the last tune-up before conference play. I I think it's asking a lot to sweep, like you said, Brent, but if you're going to lose, uh, I don't know if you can afford to lose one at home, but you do pick up a quadrant one win if you can get the win in college station on sunday so needless to say they they, they need to get two of those three like you mentioned but i think to be safe man go out there and win all three the problem is right now the last couple of games that they have played they have not executed for 40 minutes and that's troubling when you play teams of the caliber of a&m and then Clemson and Virginia coming up next. Our guest is Greg Gaston from the Tiger Sideline. It's brought to you every week, and we sure appreciate him accommodating us today with the time. It's brought to you by the offices of Stephen Leffler, Jim's Place in Collierville, Mount Morale Auto Sales, and Neal's Bar and Grill. Well, uh, Greg, uh, talking about this Tiger team and last night, uh, the interior play, which a lot of people have been talking about this front court for the Tigers, has been an issue at times, but no Jordan Brown last night. It uh, was reported earlier in the day that he did not travel with the team because of an illness. Have you heard any update on his illness or if he'll be available uh, on Sunday against Texas A&M? And chemistry issues. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have not heard any update, and it's interesting because we have Andy Borman on every Wednesday, and he joined us yesterday from Richmond, yeah. and I talked about Malco and his performance at Old Miss, and I said, is it possible, and I go, you don't make, I know you don't make the changes, Andy, but is it possible that we could see Malco in the starting lineup, and he, he kind of danced around that a mm. little bit, but he did not even tell me that he wasn't on the trip. I had right. no idea that he didn't even make the trip, so obviously Malco was going to start. So I don't know what the Brown situation is, but we've talked about it the last couple of weeks that Jordan's got to find a way to give them a lot more than what he has given them so far. So if he continues to struggle, he's not playing a lot of minutes in games because he's getting early foul trouble or he's not producing. So Malco seems to be the guy you want to roll with right now. The problem is, as you guys know with Malco, 
is the inconsistency over his career. At times, he's looked dynamite. At other times, he's looked sluggish. Last night, he gave them some good quality minutes. But they got to figure out something with Jordan Brown. they got to make a conscious effort of getting him the ball, letting him do his thing. It seems like he's maybe down on himself. I don't know what the illness is, but I still think he's a very important piece moving forward. And you mentioned Malcolm Dandridge and the many, many assets, but some of the liabilities have always been the more he's out there, the more prone to fouls last night, Mm -hmm. and the knees start barking. He was calling to get out of the game two and a half minutes into the second half. Now, I don't think it was because his knee was bothering, but he was just plum tuckered out. He was going hard, and he just doesn't have that durability and that stamina to go long periods of time. And when you don't have Jordan Brown, so the, the tallest you're going to have is um, is the kid from Temple, who's mm-hmm. named, uh, Nick Jordan, yeah, Nicholas yeah. Jordan, who, who, was who, good. Has, yeah. who has done some good things. He was good in Oxford. He did, he did some good things last night. But still, what bothers me about this team and this is going now to the to the issues that I, that I mentioned here earlier, is that you have a team that continues to struggle in allowing offensive rebounds, so you're allowing second-chance and third-chance opportunities. That was a VCU team. They did have one guy who could jump out of the gym in the wall, but mm-hmm. not a real big team. Memphis is a long team. They have guys like Jaquan Walton. They got wing players like Ashton Hardaway who got a start that are tall and long, and they need to go stick their nose in the middle of it and get a rebound. That's about effort. That's about looking at the angles and figuring out where to be. That's being aggressive, and they were being outplayed. And that has been – they stepped up in the the game in Oxford, and they played better on the boards. But for the most part, that has been a major problem. First of all, allowing the offensive rebounds. Second of all, not getting enough offensive rebounds themselves. The other problem, turnovers. Last night, it should have been flipped. They should have been able to turn VCU over 15 to 20 times. Mm -hmm. That's a turnover-prone team, and they weren't able to do it, and instead they turned it over a bunch of times. And a lot of the times, they're unforced turnovers, stepping on a baseline, stepping on a sideline, making an ill-advised pass. It's not like VCU had full-court pressure. So these things have to be rectified, or they're going to lose these games coming up. They, They need to find a way to get back to what they did against Missouri in that second half, Michigan and Arkansas. Well, earlier today, uh, John brought this up to me, and you just mentioned Jaquan Walton, which which made me think of this. John was talking earlier today about how he's starting to get worried about Jaquan Walton and his production. We know he had to leave the game late against Ole Miss, but only 19 minutes for him last night against VCU, and, and finished um, with only uh, with only three points. Are you are you worried at all about Jaquan Walton moving forward? A little bit, yes, absolutely. Yeah. He started out like a, a house on fire those first few games. He's putting up shots, he's nailing them, he looks fantastic. And then he started to get uh, less and less production, although he was still getting the minutes. As you mentioned, he got hurt in the old Miss game, but hadn't really not done done much to that point. Mm-hmm. And he was a guy that certainly, for a win at old Miss, he had to really come through. He gets hurt. Then he doesn't get the start in the game last night at VCU, and I wondered if he was still hurt, but Mm. I got my answer quickly when he came off the bench. 19 minutes, you think he's going to be able to produce more than a three. Now, the three he hit was was actually a big three. I think it was either in, I think it was the overtime uh, period that he hit that three, or was late in the second half, but to to, um, add on to John's point, he's absolutely right. 
that is one of the guys. Jordan Brown and, J- and Jaquan Walton were two guys that I thought, wow, they could really pick up for the loss of a DeAndre Williams. They can go inside, Walton can shoot the three, and then, of course, the pickup of Quinterly was huge to run the show. He's not Kendrick Davis, but he's still a very capable player. So I thought with those two, that combination, that would make up for Williams. The rebounding with Brown, the scoring with Walton, and it's been very, very inconsistent, and in Brown's case, really non-productive. So right now, they're kind of losing out on that deal with what DeAndre Williams gave you every single game. It's unfortunate that he wasn't able to get that waiver, but these guys have to find a way, and Walton definitely needs to figure out what's going on. Hopefully it's not one of those things where he gets um, mentally taken out of the game, he's a little doubts himself, or whatever the reason is. He has to find what he did the first couple of games, and he has to find it fast. And, and Greg, last year, and it was the least publicized run-up to a Penny Hardaway coach year here ever, and they just came out and they took care of business. This year we had another big summer of hype, and we heard chemistry and team bonding make it sound like they were out there with Michael Landon on Little House on the Prairie, just the, you know the, the the best cohesion you've ever heard in your life. And now last night's win really it it, it plugged the 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 break in the dam, or today would be full freakout and threats of war and rumor of war. Yeah, it would have been nasty today. There's no question about it. But you never know until Why are we kind of always adversity. at this point? And we didn't last year, and a lot of that was Kendrick. Last year, we didn't have any of this because the roles were defined. Kendrick Davis was the number one option. DeAndre Williams was 1A. The rest of the guys knew their role as auxiliary players. Well, when you have Coach Hardaway and everybody else and the media talking about all these dudes, that they were the dudes where they came from, then all of a sudden you got seven or eight dudes. Mm-hmm. And when you have that many dudes, One ball. They, want to, they, want their, yeah, they want the ball, they want, the, they want to be able to come through. So, here, so it's always going to be a chemistry question. Now, early mm-hmm. on you start winning games, everything's hunky-dory. Well, now you're facing adversity, even though they got that W last night. And I'm glad they did because it did show me at the end, that they did and are capable of playing team concept basketball. But that has been the biggest problem, and Penny addressed that yesterday, that guys out there at times, while they understand what they want to run from um, a, a scheme standpoint, go off on their own because they feel they can beat their guy one-on-one. And that's got to be reeled in by Coach Hardaway and the rest of the staff. That Guys, we know you're talented, but you've got to play within the team concept. And if we don't, then we have a bunch of individuals out there. And you saw VCU, a very, very young team, and they played their tails off last night for Coach Odom. Again, a young, young team. Memphis is a veteran team. They need to figure out, these guys, that it's not just them as an individual performer. It's them as a team. And when they figure that out, I think they're going to be tough to beat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, looking at watching that game last night, especially early, um, you saw a lot of different rotations. You saw a lot of different guys out there. Brett mentioned it earlier. Carl Sharon Font out there um, early in that game. You also saw Jonathan Pierre out there early. Jalen Young getting some early minutes. And we've seen in, in the past couple of years uh, Coach Hardaway do this, especially after losses. He tries. He likes to try to mix it up. Ashton Hardaway in the starting lineup last night. Uh, it, it really still seems like like um, through, what, eight games now, that Coach Hardaway mm-hmm. is still trying to find what rotations he likes best. I think that's true. I think that's very, very accurate. 
Uh, there have been times in his coaching career where I thought he just went deep because he's he's just trying to give everybody that opportunity. But yeah. I thought last night by shaking up the starting lineup and bringing in guys like Pierre and Sharon Font, he was desperate that he wanted somebody to step up and he didn't care who it was. So he was going to give everybody that opportunity. If Sharon Font came in and knocked down a couple of shots, he would have ran with the guy. Mm-hmm. Or, or with uh, Pierre, who did have the follow jam and didn't get many minutes after that. But I think that's Penny's way of trying to tell these guys, listen, you know, I'll go deep on my bench if I have to, if you guys don't give me the energy and the production that I need. So I don't have a problem with that. The problem I have more is when you see consistently every single game. And I'm not talking about like a blowout when you when you clean the bench and bring everybody in. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about consistently playing tight games and getting you know ten to twelve guys in there because last year we saw the bench shrink. We've seen that a couple of times in the last few years with Penny's team. Later in the year, he shrinks the rotation. That rotation needs to be shrunk. Yeah. But to answer to to add on to your point, Brian, I think you're absolutely right on. He's still looking to see who really should be in that rotation. And that's these times. I mean, if you're going to have portal teams, uh, honestly, and, and there's some of this in college football now, we're almost having pickup teams. Yeah. You, you're, just, yeah. you're cobbling together whatever you can. And then when you have the double whammy that Coach Hardaway has, that he has to go out there and play that formidable November, December, because January, February offers you nothing, then you're going to have games that look like last night. But again, at least it was a win. You're, you're right on again, Brett. I mean, there's no question about it. Look, the bottom line is just get the win. They figured it out. You go back to practice uh, the bright, off today, I would imagine, tomorrow back to practice but it's a quick turnaround you leave saturday the good thing about after sunday's game and as you get ready for those home games you don't play clemson to the following saturday so you have mm-hmm. what six days five days five days to prepare the game would be on the sixth day so you've got time to practice and that's the key again practice 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 he has to get this through their thick skulls and again these are veteran players that they have to play within the team concept i mean for anybody who thinks that Penny at practice says, all right, here's the game strategy for uh, VCU. Um, just roll out the ball and you guys just, uh, do your thing. Now, look, it's an, I know it's an NBA style. You're not going to see a Princeton offense out there. I understand that. It's NBA. It's a little bit of pick and roll. It's a lot of one-on-one. But there are plays and there are schemes and there is strategy. And when the players are more likely going one-on-one because they just feel they're better than their opponent, they're better than the guy that's defending him. They get away from that concept. That's why you saw yesterday, you guys both watched the game, the shots, the uh, the cutaways, the penny, he was frustrated. Yeah. You could see it in his face. You could see it with his, with his body language. And you don't usually see that from Penny. He's usually stone-faced. So he's upset right now with the execution or lack thereof of the team. And that, that last play drawn up, and the announcers called it. it. It was a bold play to cross court into the corner in front of your bench. Hmm. That's always a dangerous play, that cross court pass. Yeah, that ball was in the air a long time, too. <laughs> it was. It but, was. But, but, you know, on the on the miss by VCU at the, at, at the end, on the layup, it was a layup, but it was a tough contest. It was a, it was a tough contest, but I thought he was going to make it. Yeah, I thought, well, I boy, they gave, him a, they gave him a little bit too much room to go down the lane. He did. It was uh, almost perfectly executed. I also thought there were a couple. Of the, there were a couple of calls I thought went against Memphis in the first half, but in that second half, I thought there were a couple of questionable calls that went against VCU. 
the one I think where they called a foul when Malco was was driving. It looked like a clean block against mm-hmm. Malco. There was also the play where Quinterly was trapped on the on the baseline, and he kind of wrapped his hand around the defender, yeah. and yeah. they called it on VCU. So you know Memphis got a couple of breaks there. I think VCU got a couple early, it but yeah. but down the stretch, down the stretch. In the in regulation, Quinterly hit a big three. Caleb Mills coming off the bench mm-hmm. had a pretty darn good game. He hit a big three. If you make your threes, Memphis is going to win these games. I think pretty pretty soundly Covers if they make the lot. three. Yeah. They were at a point last night, combined with their previous game against Ole Miss, where they were four of four. I'm trying to do the math here. Four of twenty eight at one point. I mean, it's hard to win when teams are knocking down threes and you're missing them and you're throwing up bricks. That whole first half was just shooting threes, just chucking them up there. Mm-hmm. And so there's there's got to be some consistency. If you're not making the threes, you got to go inside. And again, when Brown comes back, or even doing it with Malco, which they did effectively in the second half, is get it inside, play inside, outside with this team. Yeah, I'm talking to Greg Gaston. You can hear him every morning on Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli. Going over uh, to the football team, uh, it was announced yesterday that Matt Barnes is no longer on the Tigers coaching staff. It sounds like um, he's going to take the safeties position at Mississippi State. I don't know if that's been officially announced by Mississippi State, but Tigers in need of a new defensive coordinator. What did you think um, of that news yesterday, and, and where do you think the Tigers look for a new defensive coordinator? First of all, let me say, uh, Matt Barnes is a terrific guy. I love working indirectly with him when mm-hmm. we go over the coaches' meetings and the way he spoke to us and treated us like professionals. I, I really like Matt, and I, I, I wish him well. When I first heard the news yesterday, I wasn't on social media, and somebody texted me. When they said, you know, Matt Barnes is gone, I thought he got fired. Mm-hmm. I, 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 the first reaction was, okay, he got fired, but I, I thought to myself, that's odd timing because I think if Coach Silverfield makes any move, he would make a move after the bowl game. Well, Maybe even after coaching. recruiting. Yeah, yeah but it wasn't exactly. Again, the time would have been horrible, but the, it wasn't Coach Silverfield making the move. It was Mississippi State wanting Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes has the pedigree of, of having coached at Ohio State. He, again, reportedly will be safety's coach and co-defensive coordinator. So mm-hmm. good for Matt. Good luck to him. As far as replacement, I have no idea. I, I think there's a couple of cable capable guys right now on the staff, but I would probably personally go outside because, again, the defense struggled as a whole. The blame is not all on the D.C. It's on everybody, and maybe you want to look and get some fresh blood in there to get a different kind of look at scheme and concept, but I don't know what Ryan wants to do, but that's uh, that's a position he'll have to fill, and again, there are some people out there that feel happy about it. Look, I'm happy that Matt has a, a an opportunity at Mississippi State because mm-hmm. Again, any coach, and again, he didn't lose this job as far as being get, by, uh, getting fired, but there was a chance that that still could have happened, and you hate to see that. So I wish him well, but certainly uh, hope that Memphis can uh, find the right guy to run this defense and improve this defense, become more consistent starting next season. And there were just some deficiencies pl- personnel-wise on the Tiger defense this year, and that's a lot of places in college football. Offense is going to get the better athletes. They are, and you're going, every every kid out of high school wants to play offense for the most part. Yeah. There's not that many that want to play defense, but yeah, I think it did come down to that. It wasn't scheme. It, it, look, there's people that were critical of you when he when he when he blitzed too much or when he didn't blitz enough Always, and things yeah. like that. But I, I think it came down to the Jimmys and Joes. There 
you know, there were several players in that defense that really stepped up, and there were other guys that were kind of plugging holes. They were getting beat on the defensive line an awful lot, getting pushed off the line. So hopefully they can have success with the portal, get some players in, and then players maybe that have been with the program can step up as well, and all of a sudden they become big contributors next year. But, yeah, there has to be improvement on that side of the ball. Yeah, no, there there definitely has to be. And it's going to be interesting because really not a lot of players for the Tigers have entered the transfer portal um, yet. I'm sure that that could change after the bowl game. Greg, you know we could be seriously talking about one year from right now. Oh, no. What's that? Oh, Tigers oh, in the college football tournament. Absolutely. Well, I, I said this, guys. I know you're, you're, you're against the clock here, but I brought this up. And opened up I a said, new can <laughs> of conversation. I'm sorry. I did you like well, that. Well, here, here's, here's, here's the thing, and you guys have probably already talked about this, but SMU gone. Yep. UTSA loses seven seventh-year quarterback. Let me say that again: seventh-year hmm. quarterback Frank Harris. You have um, you ha- you have the coach uh, leaving Tulane. Mm-hmm. Uh, why, why is the name escaping Willie me? Willie Fritz. Yeah. Willie okay. Fritz is gone. <laughs> we Who got knows a lot of birthday candles, candles Greg. Sixty-two years old. Sometimes yeah. it happens. Yeah. Uh, Michael Pratt could follow. Yeah. So you look at all those moves that have been made around the conference. Don't you believe Memphis should be the favorite when they got their fourth-year starting quarterback returning? Mm-hmm. I, I do. I don't think it's never easy, but I do. And Greg, I, I'm, I'm going to open up another can right here, <laughs> and you know that you know the clock situation. It, it, it's a little fanciful. It's a little far-fetched. But what if? What if one year from now we're sitting here in this market talking the 12-team college football playoff teams? Memphis Tigers is the 12 seed. Oh, no. Traveling to play the Ole Miss Rebels, the 5 seed, in about two weeks. <laughs> could you imagine that? And could you imagine the conversation like, okay, yeah, they're not in the Big 12, but they're <laughs> in a better that? situation than Cincinnati, UCF, yeah. Houston, all the SMU and the ACC. That would be great. And you know what? It's a possibility. That's all we ask for, That's right? That's all That's people we want. want is to get a chance to get that seat on the big boys table. You think I buy a power thinking I'm going to win? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Just give me that opportunity. And again, it. next year going in, led by Seth Hannigan, mm-hmm. this team, the media will probably pick Tulane. They probably will pick Tulane no matter what. But I think Memphis will be right up there. I think they have an opportunity next year to win it all yeah. in, the, in the conference. Absolutely. That's exciting to think about. But, Greg, thanks, thanks so much Greg. for joining us. We'll do it again next week. Thanks, guys. Take care. Thanks, Greg. The great Greg Gaston with us every Thursday afternoon, and appreciate him accommodating yeah. us. This weekend, next, Keith Smith got a daughter in a, a soccer tournament, and I think they're about to win the national championship. Really? Or whatever whatever them. league she's in. Yeah. And he needed that to go to soccer today, and Greg kind enough to awesome. swap with Keith. Jim's Place Grill, over 100 years of holiday festivities and holiday get-togethers and good times think about all that through the years the smiles the happiness in in those in that location wherever it's been through the years over 100 years of celebrations family time lasting memories the times of your life the terrace family with their touch for our community recipes that date back to the beginning in downtown to now in Collierville at the railroad tracks at poplar and houston levy online at jimsplacegrill.com don't forget the e and grill and don't forget that for a holiday gift that gift card to jim's place every steak grill perfectly over an open flame come to jim's and taste and see and feel the difference lunch hours monday through friday 11 a to 2 p.m dinner hours monday through saturday 5 p.m to 9 30 p.m 
the 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 Terrace family and the Virgos family at the rendezvous, they they their their family they go way back on the menu at Jim's place is rendezvous ham. How good is that? Since 1921, a Memphis landmark with hard work, values, and a dedication to their diners. The Terrace family, they've created a memorable memorable dining experience, and you can enjoy it. Lunch menu, the staples like the souffle ma, the shrimp cocktail, the crab cakes, and those salad dressings, all homemade. Dinner, the calamari, the soups, the seafood, and the steaks, what they're known for. Filets, ribeye strips, and a great bar area for holiday get-togethers, fun after-hour office time get-togethers at Jim's Place Grill in Collierville. Well, we're late for a break. Let's crab a quick one on the other side. We'll preview tonight's Thursday night football game. Talk some other NFL stories. That's next on Sports Time. You already know you can listen to Sports 56 anywhere with the Sports 56 app or at sports56whbq.com. But you can also watch us daily with live video of all of our shows on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Thursday night football tonight on Prime Video. Also right here on Sports 56. Patriots and Steelers. Okay. Two and ten Patriots team. Super Bowl rings in those buildings. Seven A lot of Lombardi five trophies Steelers. in those buildings. None, none for this team. These Johnny, teams. are you familiar when we play high hard ones? I don't think we've done that since you've been on the team. I don't think no, so. No, oh, we'll introduce you to it. No, we got we the will. music. We got the elements. It's the uh, elements page. Yeah. Oh, okay. We'll I'm get excited. To it, and it's really more of a kind of a May, June, July thing, yes, wouldn't you say, uh, Brian? Certainly, yeah. Kind of when we have our slower time, uh, which uh, when is that? Please. But it leaves me with two high hard ones. Okay. First one, Johnny. What's the wilder contrast? The floor they're playing on in Vegas or Bryant's cracking sweater? Uh, I would say the. <laughs> I love your sweater. Thank you. But uh, I have to say that court. That court is bright. It's it's, it's loud. very loud. Boy, in the old days, you'd have to get to the contrast button, kind of <laughs> work on to turn yeah. it down a little bit. I've never seen a, a court that bright before. We got a yeah. lot. With, all right, with the uniforms, we got yellow, uh-huh. white, yep. blue, uh-huh. black, red, uh-huh. tan. Yeah. Uh, kind of an aqua. Yeah. No, there's a lot Ooh. of colors on this television right now. Bo- it, it, Gold. It, it, I mean. And the next one. The next one. High hard yeah. one. Okay, next high hard one. Okay. All those Lombardi trophies in those two buildings. When does either win another one? <laughs> Which one wins one first? I mean. You can't make any plans. No, no. no not They're both in the wilderness. Pittsburgh may be as in the wilderness as New England and just don't recognize it. The problem with they Pittsburgh might. is they're like bad, but they're not going to get a big, good enough pick to be better. Isn't that the yeah. worst yeah. spot to be yeah. in? They're I mean, they're bad. they're not good enough to where they're really ever going to be a threat postseason wise. But they're not bad where they're going to sit around and lose a bunch of games. I mean, they have a winning record right now. They're seven and five right now. But nobody is looking at this team Nobody's going, scared. "Oh, they're a threat in the playoffs." Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah they're nobody. still seven and five. Nobody's thinking of them at all. But. And, and it feels like whatever their first playoff game is, that, that uh, wild card Saturday or Sunday, 
They're going to lose. That's going to be the prime game. Yeah. That nobody really watches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a shame. They, they do run one prime at us, don't they? I, I believe so. That Saturday and Sunday? One of those so. six games? You know, prime is so new that it's so hard to even remember. Have, have you been into it? Because um, I've, I've listened on Thursday. I've enjoyed wow. listening. Brett, even better, I'm looking at Wildcard right now. Peacock. Really? For a uh, huh? Peacock. Yeah. Okay. High hard one. Do you know what Peacock is? Vaguely, faintly. Do you know who it, who Peacock's? It's got to be NBC because yes, from when, when we first went to color TV, right. and the Peacock would light up in yes. living color. That's, that's right. what they would call. It. I didn't think I'd be able to get you with that, but I, I could try. And we would watch AFL games uh-huh. on NBC. We could get one on Ooh. Sunday, maybe. I just all on it shows on here is Saturday. One game's on Peacock, one game's on NBC, and then on Monday... It all goes back to the Heidi game for me, doesn't it? It sure does. It sure does. But, uh, but yeah. But what were you saying? At Prime, um, I've watched a little bit. I mean, I've watched the games, but I... How good has Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit oh, been? Oh, I, I like them a lot together. Um, I don't always have the sound up, but that's not because I don't Are like they... them. Collegial, compatible? Yeah, I think they're very. Um, they're really good together, I it think. It feels like either one of them could do it with a broom. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and that was the thing is last year when— You could put somebody in there speaking a foreign language yeah. and they'd make it work. Absolutely. Yeah, I, agree with that. I, I, I agree think, with that. you know, last year I remember having this conversation with my brother and some of my friends. Mainly, mainly it was a conversation me and my brother had uh, a couple of times last year of we would flip on Prime and you would immediately hear Kirk Herbstreet start talking and you'd be like— this is not a college football game. What, are, what what's going on? Um, but after a couple weeks, you kind of get over that. And yeah, they're really good together. I heard who um, Kevin Harlan. Yeah, and I love him. Yeah, really. and I don't know who's on the call tonight. Do you for that uh, we have? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I have no idea. But I heard Kevin Harlan doing. I think Monday Night Football two or three Monday nights ago. And he was doing a drop, a live read, like mm-hmm. we, we have, like we got coming right. up here. And like I did earlier, get all kind of phlegmatic and <laughs> like I'm doing now, co- right. coffee during it. I'm sorry. Uh, I actually feel better than I sound. <laughs> and he, by any definition, he blew it. And he and on the air, he said, oh, whatever it was, what company ABC, <laughs> I owe you one. Let me clear my throat, call the action, and I'll make it up to you. <laughs> It was great. That's awesome. And I thought, you know, when you get That's great. lemons, make lemonade. Yeah, why not? No, uh, he he's really good. And I think we have, I think he's on the Monday night games or Sunday night games. One yeah. Two. Um, it's a different crew every night, and they're they're all really really good. Um, but Nate, but he did. It went down the, the wrong pipe, and he couldn't he couldn't rally. No, he's uh, but he's one of the best. He's a pro he for sure a reason, is. and. Uh, he is uh, he is certainly at the top of the game, but no, this is probably going to be a snoozer of a game. Um, I mean, it could be interesting because of kind of the styles that these two teams play, and I guess the styles. Do we that, need to do the coin toss for the over and under? Uh, we might. I, I mean, I, I love the coin under. toss. I think y'all should do it. Um, it's as good as all this analysis, yeah, isn't it? I mean, what, yeah, what, I like what, it. Go what, ahead. What but I mean, I don't know how much of the of it is style, and how much of it is they're just forced to to play like this because. Kind of for both of these teams, kind of a lack of quarterback. It's the NFL right now. That's that's a good point. And, and I, I do not mean this as a shock because I'm looking forward to going again next spring. I don't, I don't know how often I'll go, but I'm going to go some mm-hmm. to the USFL. But when these two quarterbacks that are starting tonight in the NFL yeah. 
they would be league MVP in the USFL. Brett, they'd run away with it. I mean, we've we've so much so that we have seen the MVP back to back MVP quarterback for the XFL, not XFL, eight no USFL. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, all of the Springlings. We saw him get a contract a in the NFL and couldn't do anything. No, with couldn't it. couldn't do anything. And I think going forward, no matter our yin, our thirst for football in mm-hmm. America, it's going to be hard for us to watch that because one of the differences between now and USFL a million years ago, mm-hmm. when you're running Jim Kelly out there, you're running Steve right. Young out there, mm-hmm. even you know a big signee in Walter Lewis, he ended up not being very good, right. but Mike Kelly was. You had, you had John Reeves at the end of an NFL career and, and others. And you're just not ever going to – I don't know if you'll ever have a guy at the end of a career mm, if no. you're making so much money. Yeah. And yeah. and I do agree with you on that. Like, the USFL is really different <laughs> from where it used to be. And we don't have a guy in the NFL like that since the Cowboys took a turn. And that's the only really yeah. USFL player out yeah. there. And, he, and, he and he's a difference good. maker. Yeah, he is. And, and, and quarterback, just it, it, it's, it sets the table. Mm-hmm. I I, th- I think largely, if you subscribe to this, that the SEC was a smidge down this year, sure. that it was a smidge good but not peak, mm-hmm. it was because it was not enough quarter- good quarterback play. Sure. A couple spots had real good. Sure. A lot had nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a big part of it. How about this, Brett? You talk about the uh, the over-under for tonight's game. I saw this um in my emails earlier today, New England and Pittsburgh games um, have been uh, profitable unders all season. They have combined nineteen and five record to the under. Well, if you're going to bet that. that tonight, you can't go against that, can you? No, you can't. I mean, nineteen and five all of this season for both teams combined—that's great. And Bill Belichick, who will coach tonight, will be the guest picker Saturday on game day. That'll be fun. How many games are they going to pick? Huh? Might pick a bunch of NFL games. Um, I don't know if they can do that. That's true. I guess they'll just be picking one game then. When Lane Kiffin was the guest picker though against A and M in the Grove, he he picked State that day, and people howled. And he said, "Sorry, Oof. Mike Leach is my friend." I mean, hey, yeah, uh, and State won that day. That's funny. Yeah, they'll just hey, I guess headgear will come out early on on Saturday if they're just picking one game. Yeah, I wonder if that's a full three hour show for one game. Uh, I, the mm. better Army Navy coverage through the years has been. CBS Sportsnet somewhere the, yeah. in the two nineteens, two twenties. Is that probably, where that is? Yeah, probably CBS Sportsnet. I mean, they they show the the sure. the, the march in mm-hmm. and the 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 full yeah, ceremony. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's a uh, good coverage. I don't know. We would have to. We need to check in on that um, and, and see if it's going to be two or three hours this hour. I could. I'd be surprised if it was a three hour. I hope show. I didn't jinx myself with the Kevin Harlan reference because I may have to make good on this, but I'm going to try my best. Huh. I want to tell you about Sissy's Log Cabin, the official jeweler of the Memphis Grizzlies and the Memphis Tigers, and we're going to be there a week from tomorrow on remote at the new location in Laurelwood at Poplar and Perkins, and they're ready for us to be there, and we're ready to be there, and we're going to give away the two floor seats, feet on the wood, for Wednesday night, January 3rd, Grizzlies against Toronto. Bill Jones and his great team, they're here to stay, supporter of a lot of things locally, part of the fabric of the community, Tigers Athletics. 
the Grizzlies, sponsor of our look back at the weekend in the SEC every Monday at 4.30. The Mid-South's largest selection of -of one-of-a-kind jewelry, engagement rings, wedding bands, necklaces, and earrings, 9,000 square foot open, ready for business in Laurelwood with expanded lines for Rolex, Cartier, Diamonds, and more since 1970 with six great locations across Arkansas and Tennessee. Sissy's Log Cabin offers a selection of diamonds, estate jewelry, and fine gifts. The official jeweler for the Memphis Grizzlies, you go in to the Sissy's Log Cabin Club there at FedEx Forum, and you'll see all that jewelry displayed. And the, the floor seat lounge is so much fun. Unsurpassed value, exceptional service, expansive selection, and an extraordinary shopping experience because life's too short for ordinary jewelry. And before we get to a break, I do want to remind you, tomorrow we're going to be on remote out at uh, Cordova Ace Hardware, 1740 Germantown Parkway, right behind Corky's for the Big Green Egg early Christmas. They're going to have uh, big green eggs all over the place. We're going to be cooking up tenderloin, wings, pizza, desserts, all on the big green eggs. So come out there. Come hungry um, and check out these big green eggs. We're going to be giving uh, away a bunch of big green egg door prizes and a ton of giveaways. And they have a bunch of sales on big green eggs and big green egg uh, equipment. So please come out there tomorrow uh, and hang out with us from 11 to 6 tomorrow. Johnny Radio will be out there before us. Then will come in from three to six so come out there come hungry and come ready to look at some big green eggs let's go ahead get to a break on the other side it'll be time for big number of the day start your day with sports 56 mornings with greg gaston and eli savoy weekday mornings from 7 to 10 right here on sports 56 and 98.5 fm Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Big Daddy. Hello, Big Brand. It's a guy, he wants to be big, then he gets big, he doesn't want to be big anymore, then he gets small, but the suit's too big. Big Daddy. The Big Boy. You're a big guy. I think she's trying to pull a fast one on Big Daddy. The big number of the day. Well, Brett, uh, I think you should go first today. I'll be glad to go first, and I don't know if this would do it for the official score. Uh-huh. The Finnish judge, judging platform diving mm-hmm. at the 1976 Olympics That's in Montreal. Right. Yep. But I'll try. With 49 from Desmond Bain. 49 is my big number. What he did last night, only three away from John Morant's team record of 52. Mm -hmm. I was in the building that night for that. One of the top two or three Grizzlies moments I've ever been to that night. Last night, Desmond Bain did that. And you got to think you get job back with him, a little good luck on the injury front, Mm -hmm. and maybe this thing can a little bit be salvaged. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, we were talking. You didn't like my number, did you? Hey, hey, Brett, it was good. Hey, I got to hear Brett. I got to hear Brett. All right. Well, I mean, your your big number, I think, is really good because Desmond Bain, I think you've needed him to be big. It's a little low-hanging fruit. Yes. But it was 49. It was 49. Yeah, it was 49. And you needed him in this absence of John Moran. And we were talking 
preseason or yeah preseason I was saying I thought he uh, had a really good shot uh, of being an all-star guy if he could take advantage of this time um, that Ja isn't playing and so last night was huge and they 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 needed that performance from him my big number today I've got actually two big numbers and they both go together okay uh, my, two sure gonna be one oh, oh, okay here, okay my first number is 50 my second number is one on Wednesday the Dallas Mavericks beat the Jazz by 50 points for the second time, also doing so on November 14th, 2018. It's the only instance in NBA history that one franchise has beaten another franchise by 50-plus points in two different regular season games. My other big number that ties with this is one because Luka Doncic uh, became the first player in that 50-point win last night, uh, first player in NBA history to have a 40-point triple-double in a 40 40-plus point win. He also had a triple-double in the first half. Brian, you are on fire. Two back-to-back days, I man. I, I, I'm, I, I'm excited, I man. I defer to the judge. I hey, got crushed. Hey, 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 hey man. That is amazing right there, it Brian. Is. Great great journalism, Thank man. You. I like it. Big J. What can I say? Capital <laughs> J journalism right here. It's what, it's what you can come and find uh, on Sports Time. Really good. Me. Thank you. Thank you. No, I mean, but, um, Brett, I think uh, when we were talking about the Grizzlies, your big number was, was very Grizzly-centric, and I'll tie mine to be Grizzly-centric as well because I think when we talk about these recent wins for the Grizzlies, there is no doubt in my mind that they dodged a major bullet they with did. Luka not they playing did. in that game against Thank the Thank you, Mavs. baby Doncic. Thank you, they baby Doncic. Have we, have we sent the gift yet? I sent it to I don't make even, sure. I don't even know if it's I a boy the official, or a girl. So the, I don't. Well, we, we'll kind of just go the kind of the, <laughs> the, the neutral, the neutral gift. gift. Well, the we, any, we decide diapers. Yeah. We'll just, yeah. you know, That's we're, right. we're going to send diapers. Yeah. You know, any baby a contribution to the college fund. I know yes, Doncic needs it. He knows, yeah. certainly needs we'll send it. And, and, Every Doncic from now for 200 years can go to Harvard if they want. And a great school in Dallas that I'm sure. SMU. He gets it. That's right. And what I've heard is at least used to. Luca liked to go to frat parties at SMU. Oh, he was a party guy. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, he was 20, 21 years yeah. old in the NBA in a new country. And I mean, what are you going to do? You know, you got a college right down the street with people your age that you can go hang Might out with. Might as well. Might as well. And you're the biggest, one of the biggest stars in, in basketball. I mean, why not? I do it like every, it. every day of the week if I could. <laughs> why not? I like to you, SMU. Uh, test well in SMU. It is. I don't know. I don't Play know. baseball. Go to Dallas Baptist. Yeah, you know baseball at SMU. So uh, a little that's weird, there. isn't it? it I is didn't weird. know that. But I, I yeah, did not no, know that. No baseball team. I do hear they have a great club baseball team though at SMU. Yeah. Well, maybe in the ACC they need to step it up. Maybe, maybe. I if I'm the ACC, I demand them to have a baseball team. Yeah, but you, but you know the way conferences could go in the future. You could put together an entire grouping to play college basketball. Oh yeah, outside of, of conferences, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Just maybe a, a, a new name for uh-huh. basketball, a new name for baseball. Yeah, no, you you really could. Uh, since we're talking about basketball, a little update in our in season tournament game: the Pacers up four right now, thirty eight to thirty four over the Bucks, um, and uh, right now. Trying to see who's the leading scorer right now. Uh, Miles Turner with uh, with ten points right now for the Pacers. Uh, kind of a, a slow start for Tyrese Halliburton, only six points. He'll come on. Uh, but man, what Tyrese Halliburton has done this year! It have you been have you been riding him on any player props? 
I have not, honestly, Brett, I'll be completely honest, I've not bet a lot of NBA this year. I've been a lot of college basketball, not a ton of NBA this year. Have you have you found some easy pickings in college oh, basketball? Yeah. Oh, oh, good. Oh, absolutely. I got a couple, I got a handful of teams that I, you know, try you to get to You think there's any to. truth that any, anybody like 25 and up just take the dog? Uh, if you went with that static, as Bruce Marshall tells us to never do, yeah, I I don't ever do that, especially these early games when it's like, I mean, you, Sunday you could have had Southern University plus twenty eight and a half, and they won straight. You could have, you could have, but I mean, there are some games where it's like. Houston will be up. It'll be a twenty-seven point favorite over like Long Island University, and they win by forty. I mean, you know, it's especially these early season games. That's why they call it gambling? Eh, there's no telling, Brad. There really isn't. But it, it's been a, a really fun season um, in college basketball and in the NBA. I know maybe NBA taking a little bit of the back seat. Uh, so so as college basketball with NFL and uh, college football, but some really good teams and some uh, some really fun basketball being played. But speaking of basketball, let's get to a break because when we come back to start our third hour we're going to talk nba with keith smith 